G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our special guest, the Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford, who's the principal of the Morling Theological College in Sydney, one of Australia's great theological institutions, and today uncovering a whole lot of very, I think, uh, interesting understanding about some of the Eastern practices that have crept into our Australian culture, talking about things like yoga and alternative therapies, those sorts of things. You will be able to contribute to our conversation, opening the talkback lines, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. You might have some thoughts on the foundations of some of these activities that we somehow rather take for granted and uh, think it's something of a novelty from time to time to become involved in. Well, are these practices dangerous or are they simply harmless? Uh, Are we overreacting or is this something that uh, is a serious compromise to our Christian values? Well, let's talk through these issues. The Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford is back with us. Hello, Ross. Welcome back to 2020. Good to be with you, Neil. Ross, great to talk to you, and uh, it is a sad day around the nation. Uh, just to uh, before we continue with our topic, uh, reflecting on uh, really, it's a, a national day of mourning, and there's been a memorial service there uh, in Melbourne today, St Patrick's uh, Cathedral. And uh, just to to uh, just bring you into that conversation too, I guess uh, you would have been hit hard and you might have even had contact with people who are attached to Morling College uh, who've had contact with people who are on that flight. Uh, your thoughts just quickly before we get into our topic today. Neil, we had a student on that flight and uh, that student, Victor. Uh, Victor was coming back in part to uh, start uh, second semester classes at Morling and uh, he was 29. A uh, single man had been over there for submission and also doing a bit of travelling in Europe, and he was coming back, as I say, partly to continue his studies with us. Um, and the tragedy is that uh, Victor is Russian, uh, quite an irony. And, uh, and so meeting with his parents and family, you can imagine the, the immense grief, all Christians all claiming that promise of uh, what we have in the Lord Jesus, but uh, still horrific. And we've been sharing with our students with respect to the loss of Victor and uh, the many other Australians and all of those who lost their life in this act of bar, uh, you know, this barbaric act. And certainly our thoughts and prayers with uh, all of those families of victims who were aboard that MH17 mm. flight. Uh, let's continue and get into this topic today and wanting to invite listeners into this conversation today, Ross, because uh, it is an important one because things like yoga, uh, these are things we'd see on our television sets and uh, almost become a part of our Australian culture that you do yoga for some form of exercise mm. and all sorts of alternative therapies that have crept into our culture. But uh, you're concerned that these things oftentimes have their foundations in the roots of uh, Eastern religions, Eastern practices. How closely aligned are they? Oh, most of them very aligned, uh, Neil. And the question is, can you do the practice without that alignment? 
And I think people need to take this seriously, whatever their view is, because this is a major part now of Australian life. Neil, I was uh, talking about uh, yoga the other day uh, on a, uh, another program, and people are ringing in saying that... Um, uh, children in their primary schools were automatically placed in yoga classes. Now, how could that be without the parents being made aware of yoga and its origins and making their own choice or what the practitioner of that particular yoga class believes they're achieving? Uh, Neil, it's almost impossible now to find a professional sporting group and many leading amateur groups that aren't using techniques like yoga. And many of us, myself included, uh, use what we call complementary or alternative therapies. But do we know what's behind them? So we need to know, you know, where these influences are and we need to make sure that we understand their origins and whether we feel that we should be part of them. Okay, is yoga a harmless exercise? Uh, listeners might have a say on that. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. if you'd like to be a part of our conversation. Let's talk about some of these alternative therapies. Uh, not all together bad. You said you're actually using some uh, alternative therapy too, but uh, I guess you've checked out the spiritual foundations of it. Uh, sometimes we go into these things blind. Oh, that's right. You know, I find that uh, remedial massage, uh, when I uh, have a bad shoulder, which I do often, uh, Neil, uh, from old sporting injury, yep. uh, remedial massage works very well for me. But at the same time, I've had to uh, take time to talk to the practitioner and discover what uh, they believe is taking place. And I think that's the key. It's the practice as well as the practitioner. So, look, let, let's illustrate with respect to yoga. Yoga, it's simply, the word yoga simply means to be yoked to be yoked to uh, Brahman, to be yoked to the Hindu concept of God. And Hinduism has all sorts of practices that relate you to the divine, universal oneness, universal essence, uh, as a way of escaping, Neil, life, death, and reincarnation. So yoga, in its purest form, its spiritual form, is how to escape reincarnation, how to get off the cycle, how to find your life force connecting with the universal life force, how to be one with the God Brahman, and often to use the serpent uh, going through chakra points in order to achieve that and going out your third eye. Now, I'm not being disrespectful to yoga by saying that, Neil. I'm being respectful to yoga. I mean, as one would hope, a person would be respectful to someone who prays by describing prayer faithfully. Um, you know, yoga is primarily a spiritual exercise, a Eastern spiritual exercise to connect you with the God of the Eastern philosophy or way of life. And Ross, just to say that you're quite an authority when it comes to these Eastern religions and how they are permeating our society, uh, you authored the book Jesus and the Gods of the New Age. That was very much about Eastern mystic, uh, mysticism and uh, religion creeping into our society. Yes, Neil, and it's also done, hopefully, in a respectful way. At the same time, uh, it's case studies. We're trying to engage with people that we meet at Mind, Body, Spirit festivals and doing what uh, Peter calls us to do in 1 Peter 3.15, to engage with gentleness and respect and to discover where we might find some common ground. So that's the, that's the approach we adopt in the book. But at the same time, we need to identify the practice and talk about it and people need to do that themselves. I mean, they need to be aware of what they're getting themselves into. So, Neil, the question comes, and uh, maybe some listeners have a view on this, whether you can do an exercise like yoga 
uh, that, that is free of its Eastern and spiritual uh, compartment. Can you do that? Uh, because I can tell you, my friend, that people are doing yoga left, right and centre. It's one of the major exercises that is taking place today. Well, those talkback lines open, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Let's take a call from Michael in Coburg in Victoria. Hello, Michael. Welcome to 2020. Hello, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, Michael. What's your contribution to our conversation about uh, these sorts of uh, things like yoga and alternative therapies? Yeah, no, it's an interesting topic, definitely, and I think it's, you know, something we really got to think about um, if we're going to take our faith seriously. Um, and I appreciate having Ross on. He's obviously very knowledgeable, you know, in these areas. Um, what, I guess what I'm, my uh, opinion about the situation is that um, I think we're, um, at the moment, with um, Western civilization kind of coming on slowly, you know, declining in a sense of, and Eastern is on the rise, and I think, um, I think we're going to have a hard time pushing it back because I think they're going to be the dominant. That they mm. definitely going to have be the powerhouse. I think, mm. the, you know, the the white Anglo kind of English stock mm. is going to be the tail, and I think the Indian and all these other, um, you know, civilizations are going to be the head. I, I, I can see they coming a hundred percent today. I, mm. I can look at it and I can see it. That, um, Not everybody will want to be as pessimistic and say yeah. it's 100% guaranteed it's taking oh, over. I think that's why we exist on a program like this, to encourage Christian mm. believers to be strong. But, Michael, let's get some thoughts from Ross. Ross, what are your thoughts? Look, I think Michael does make a good point that uh, in Western countries and in Australia, um, you know, the fastest growing um, uh, movements, uh, Neil, are movements like on spiritual but not religious that represents over 20% of Australians today on spiritual but not religious. And the majority of those people are very much uh, influenced and attracted to the Eastern way of thought, like Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love, or Oprah, spiritual but not religious. And that 20%, Neil, is higher than all Protestants put together, including evangelicals a lot. And, of course, the next biggest group or the biggest group, 30%, are those that say they have no connection to any institution at all, and that's about 30%. And many of those people are open to spiritual things as well. So 50% of Australians, Neil, are shopping for spirituality and shopping outside the church, and they are, as Michael said, attracted to the more Eastern, you know, less traditional, less institutional, apparent ways of faith. So it is important we understand this. I think also, Michael and Neil, it's important to understand that they are searching, so this is good, we can connect, and people are looking for a way of life that connects with the whole person that relates to health, relates to the everyday uh, living, and so... You know, that's one of the things that yoga seeks to do. It says spirituality is not just concerned about your head or your heart. It's also concerned about your everyday life, and we need to hear that. But at the same time, I take what Neil says, but I'm not retreating. I think this is an entry point for a good conversation and making sure people know what's out there and what they're being involved in. Our special guest this hour, the Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford, the principal of Morling Theological College in Sydney. We're talking through issues of Eastern practices, Eastern religion that creeps into our Australian society. Talkback line is open, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. You might have a say. Your thoughts on the foundations of some of the activities we can easily become involved in. And we've been talking about yoga and some alternative therapies. Let's take a call from Kerry in Cobar in western New South Wales. Hello Kerry, welcome to 2020. 
Hi, how are you? Good, Kerry. What's your comment today? Um, well, uh, previously, uh, where I've I've been previously there, there was actually a minister who was doing yoga. The the church hall had actually been hired out to people to do yoga and to teach yoga there. And then the minister, we had a new minister, and they came and they started doing yoga. And I spoke to her about it because I I thought it was wrong and um, I actually uh, believed that um, if a leader is doing something like that it, and something that may lead others astray, um, it, it would filter down. And, and she said that, well, she, she would only focus on Jesus when, when she was doing yoga and, and not anything else. But I, I still thought, well, that may lead others astray. But I, I actually had a, had a question. Do you see things like this actually not only infiltrating society but um, infiltrating the church? Ross? Yeah, look, that's a really good question, Kerry, and the answer is yes. Uh, often it's difficult to know um, what the uh, answer ought to be. I mean, in your illustration, I agree with you, Kerry. Uh, I think it's very confusing to run yoga in church buildings. I appreciate that uh, the minister or the person concerned was saying, but they're doing it from a non-Eastern perspective. They're using it as an exercise, and by doing that, they're going to talk to people about Jesus. Well, everyone will have to make up their own mind about that, whether that is appropriate, whether it can work. But I also agree with you that that makes it awkward because people then get confused and uh, they think, well, that works elsewhere. That church has closed its yoga program or I've moved to another city or another regional area. Oh, there's another yoga program. I'll go and do that one. So I I agree with you. And I think my concern is that people are adopting it. Christian schools are involved in all sorts of programs, including mind power programs, without asking the question behind what's the source of this, what's the fundamentals that are operating here, is it something we should be connected to? And uh, Kerry, my, my policy in this is, we might talk about this later, Neil, my policy in this is one that was taught to me by my old headmaster, good principle for life, if in doubt, leave it out. That's it. Well, Kerry from Cobar in Western New South Wales, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-880-876, if you'd like to be part of our conversation. Uh, Ross, uh, a bunch to get through. Uh, We don't want to miss some of the important things uh, to talk about here. The alternative therapies, you mentioned uh, this is something similar. I guess if you could justify doing yoga without actually the eastern part, but the alternative therapies, how do you make a judge? as to whether an alternative therapy might actually be okay or whether you actually ought to leave that alone? Well, I think some therapies like Reiki and therapeutic touch, I wonder how one could uh, be involved with them because they're they're about uh, cosmic energy. They're about releasing someone into cosmic energy. They're about releasing blockages, uh, Neil, and they're about the practitioner knowing how to do that releasing blockages in your body to connect you to uh, this universal cosmic energy. And uh, I've seen these programs operating in Christian organisations and they found out their origins of them and been quite concerned. Good people operating them thinking they're genuine, but that's their history. Uh, I think, Neil, other areas of operation... Um, you know, can have clear medical benefit. And there the question is more about the practitioner, like acupuncture. 
what's the practitioner think they are achieving? Do they think they are connecting you to a universal energy or oneness or consciousness? Or do they actually believe that your body is interconnected and this is just a good uh, medical technique to achieve certain ends? So you need to look at the practice and you also need to look at the practitioner and we need churches and communities that are having those sensible conversations. Jacinta is on the line from Portland in Victoria. Hello, Jacinta. Hello, Neil. Um, Nice to hear from you. What's your thoughts? Um, Thank you for this conversation. I think it's very poignant um, considering the amount of yoga that we have um, everywhere. I'm in a small country town Mm. and there's a lot of people who do yoga and I've had a, um, a history of a, a back problem for about 25 years. And I've had to use medication and have gone down the whole realm of all different sorts of therapies. And a lot of doctors and physios and other people well, well um, intention, with good intentions have suggested that I do yoga. Um, before I was born again, I always had something in my spirit that sort of um, made me not want to do it. Anyway, what I wanted to speak about was um, your ideas on, um, it's a program called Praise Moves. It's run by a woman uh, in um, Laurette Willis in the States, and it's a Christian alternative to yoga. Mm. It's not Christian yoga. And basically what it uses, it says at the start that she had a history of with um, the Middle Eastern stretching and yoga. And when she was born again, she wanted to get the stretching and the deep breathing and went with it, but none of the um, chakras and all that uh, scary stuff to do with yoga. And so what she does is she, we do our stretching. For example, one of them's called Peter's Boat, and we lay down and put our arms and legs upwards and stretch our backwards in the other in the other direction and we talk scripture over ourselves as we are doing the medit- meditating on scripture instead of on the self and the brain. Okay, so we're talking about an alternative to yoga, which yes. is a Christian alternative. Your thoughts, Ross? Oh, look, that sounds very good to me, Neil, because as I said earlier, uh, we need to understand that people are searching for ways of connecting their whole body to spiritual reality. And, and what you've described just sounds, I haven't seen that program, sounds a wonderful way of doing it yes. and uh, very honouring to the person of Jesus and the gospel, yes. but also taking people's search for healing and uh, connection uh, you know, to their whole body spiritually in an appropriate way and, and saying verses and uh, making the sort of uh, physical exercise patterns you talked about sounds uh, spot on to me. Yes, Jacinda, really uh, exciting. J- Jacinda uh, some people will have missed the name of that program. Uh, what is it? Praise Moves. Praise it Moves. www.praisemoves.com and the woman who uh, who takes it uh, is called Laurette Willis, and you can just get um, you can contact her, and she gives permission for church groups mm. to use it. Right, Jacinda, thank you so much for your input today on 2020. Just fabulous. You can be a part of our conversation one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six, talking about some of these Eastern practices, uh, where they come from, and how dangerous may they be from that spiritual dimension and uh, what ought you do about those things as a Christian. Our special guest, the Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford, the principal of Morling Theological College in Sydney, will come back and talk some more in just a few moments. On the next Lamplighter Theatre. See that window? You're going to climb through it, open the trunk and take all the money you see inside. Oh, this is Harry's family. Where's that trunk? Sure, we're investigating a theft. 
What do we have here? Clapham, what have you done? Lamplighter Theatre, Saturday afternoons from 4 Western, 5.30 Central and 6 Eastern on Vision. Want wholesome, positive TV the whole family can enjoy? Visit acctv.com.au. This week's Friday Night Movie is set in Thailand, seven years after the world's most devastating tsunami. A new disaster is threatening and six strangers find themselves trapped in a beachside resort. Encounter Paradise Lost, Friday, 8pm AEST, on station sponsor ACCTV. How can you help Vision? There's lots of ways, but one of them is supporting businesses that support us, like station sponsor Lambda Auto Care, servicing repairs and wheel alignments to all makes and models in Ridgehaven, South Australia. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective, 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you on this Thursday edition of 2020. The Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford, our guest, Principal of Morling Theological College in Sydney and also an author when it comes to some of the things we're talking about. He wrote the book Jesus and the Gods of the New Age. We're talking about Eastern religions and the way they permeate some of the practices that we here in Australia are involved in. Uh, Ross Clifford, a lot of people actually going through courses, uh, studying at TAFE, uh, becoming practitioners of these uh, Eastern practices. Is that a dangerous thing or should you, how should you look at that and uh, assess the course you might be about to do? Uh, look, Neil, often people are in a course, uh, like a beautician course, not realising that part of the beautician course is aromatherapy. Aromatherapy can be quite biblical, using oils and the like for massage, and we see that in Scripture. But when they start talking about bush spirits behind each little uh, oil or plant they're using then you're in strife and my friend I've been in places where beautician students have come to me and said we've got to do this course in order to practice and uh, I mean we're being introduced to bush spirits and the things behind the various oils and uh, and whatever what do we do and so what you do is you know you change your course or you complain or do whatever but we need to know that young people even in their training are sometimes confronted here Romotherapy, fine, but when you get to bush spirits behind things, not fine. And that's what often happens here. Ross, I'm going to ask you in just a few minutes about some guidelines mm. as to how you can actually assess these things, find out uh, what the, uh, the, the, uh, the dimensions are that might be behind them and uh, how to, as a Christian, thinking biblically, how you can make an assessment of those sorts of practices. Let's take another call and uh, you can be a part of our conversation today. The talkback line is open, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Ellie is in Mount Barker in WA. Hello, Ellie. Welcome to 2020. Oh, hello, Neil. Thank you very much. Good morning. Um, I just, I'm a practicing psychologist, and I'd just like to ask Dr. Clifford, what are his thoughts on mindfulness? Ross. On mindfulness? Yes. You know, when you ha- I have a client and I get him, to, him or her to shut her eyes and to um, just sense, use his senses to um, imagine what's around them, you know, the, the, the lights, the sounds, and to gradually just become more and more quiet in themselves. Do you believe that that's okay? Look, I probably wouldn't have any problem with that, Ellie. I mean, one of my concerns is, and uh, you'd be more, have more expertise than I do on this, is I've seen programs like Insight and others operating in the schools where one starts that way and then they're encouraged in that approach of uh, mindfulness or whatever to perhaps start hearing other voices, to start uh, appreciating uh, 
other personalities that are interacting with their life. And then they're often, through that process, introduced to people like John Roger, the founder of the Insight Program, who believes he accompanies you and all of those endeavours. So, again, I think it's understanding the practice and the practitioner and seeing what they're seeking to achieve. I don't know if that helps. Yes, it does help because, of course, I don't take my clients into the spiritual side of stuff at all. It's just the senses and calming and quietening, yes, yes. and I just need to touch base with you. But you've answered my question, and thank you very much. Ellie, and don't go. Uh, Ellie, I've just got another question uh, for you. As a psychologist, someone yes, who's yes. done some study in that area, does this sort of thing come into the studies that you're involved in when you're studying psychology? I don't think um, in today's psychology they actually name spiritual, the spiritual side of life. I think Freud was very much along that mm. line, and he lost a lot of popularity. But with, as, as the spiritual increases, we're seeing more and more of Freud's work coming back. Unfortunately, we're losing mm. the scientific okay. basis and becoming more um, spiritual-sided, which is very sad. Ellie from Mount Barker in WA, thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Neil, can I just say in uh, some of the nurses' programs and some of the statements of uh, association that nurses' associations commit themselves to, they often allow or provide for uh, programs like Therapeutic Touch as part of the normal nurses' practice today. And that is concerning. It's like saying nurses have prayer as part of the normal practice today, which you and I would love. They'd never say that. But they would say something like therapeutic touches, which is clearly connected to cosmic energy and universal life force. It's time we knew what we were talking about and dealing with. Wow. Uh, let's take another call. Gary is in Tambo Upper. Hello, Gary. Welcome to 2020. Uh, how are you, guys? Gary, we'll need to be quick. Yeah, no, look, I was just um, reflecting on um, you talking about a mate of mine who uh, was heavily into martial arts and uh, I became involved with a, a spiritual... Um, uh, you know, warfare ministry against a lot of stuff that people take mm. up from, you know, yoga, Hinduism, Buddhism, all these alternative things. But one of the other things is martial arts. Obviously, um, it, it, it requires to uh, have discipline and to be worshipping and following mm. a certain leader. You pick up a spirit guide. There's a lot of anger involved mm. in that supernatural power that they have to break all these things. And, of course, one of the first things I mate was told was, you know, like, we need to get rid of that big spirit guide that's attached to you because... Um, mm. These are not happy, and so a lot of people don't realise that to put their kids there thinking they're going to get disciplined, but it's that other side, uh, and there's a deadly mm. deed, which I've got to, I can't remember the name now, but it's about a guy that was verily heavily into that, and, you know, he, he yep. went around becoming, being a hitman, mm. and, and, you know... Gary, I'll have to cut you mm. short. Uh, Ross, your thoughts on what Gary's sharing about that martial arts? Again, I'll, yes, I've heard that many times before, Neil, and I think there's, again, a lot of truth of what he's saying in a lot of the exercises, including some aspects of martial arts. There is the identification of spiritual forces, spiritual energies, uh, foreign spirits that become part of it and overcoming them, and it's totally contrary to how we see the Christian world, of course, which is being involved in a spiritual battle and warfare, but not in the context of the gods that the martial arts are playing with. Uh, Ross, when we talk about spiritual warfare and uh, the spiritual attachments that come with these Eastern uh, mystical uh, understandings, we are talking about, when we talk as a biblical Christian, uh, the experience of demonic activity. That's a topic for perhaps another whole mm. day, mm. and we're running very short of time. A quick uh, few guidelines for listeners who might be concerned about the things they're involved in. Look, be open to healing, be cautious of excessive drug treatments. I agree with all of that. But key, 
understand the practice you are being involved in, alternative therapy, yoga, check it out, understand it, and understand the practitioner as well. Ask the practitioner what they think they are doing. If there's any sense of using a practice or being involved with a practitioner that's involved in foreign spirits, foreign spirit guides, connecting you with cosmic, cosmic oneness or cosmic energy, you are dealing with a worldview that is totally foreign to the Christian worldview, and I would say don't go there. And if in doubt, leave it out, pray about it, and just don't be involved in yoga or martial arts because everyone else is doing it. Ask the good worldview questions, and as we've already heard, Neil, look for alternatives. Encourage your church to be creative on the things of health and, uh, and, and physical being that allow our community to do things in a way that's honouring to God. And I guess as you become serious about your Christian faith, uh, the Lordship of Christ, a, uh, a certain submission to Scripture, you appreciate these things. Ross Clifford is the principal of Morling Theological College in Sydney. You should check out the Morling Theological College site. Ross, great talking to you on this topic and uh, we'll have another discussion on another day. Thanks so much for being with us today. God bless you, my friend. God bless all the listeners. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.